Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. It's Wednesday, March 2nd. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. People who want to be homeowners but can't get a mortgage sometimes settle for private arrangements to buy a house. These contract-for-deed deals put buyers at risk of losing what they've invested if they fall behind on payments. It was actually pretty much of a letdown, you know, it, was, it wasn't a good feeling to know that that wasn't the case. And all the money I dumped in there, I don't get that either back. It pretty much devastated me, really. We'll have a Midwest newsroom investigation into contract-for-deed deals in just a few minutes. There is a change in leadership in the state public health departments in Missouri and Illinois as the pandemic continues. In Jefferson City, a Missouri native with more than two decades of public health experience is the state's new acting health director. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, the appointment comes one month after the previous director failed to receive the necessary state Senate support. Paula Nicholson, the state's new acting director of the Department of Health and Senior Services, has worked within the department for over 22 years. Her work included some of the state's COVID-19 responses. Speaking on the state's continued response to the pandemic, Nicholson spoke of a layering approach with mitigation, including masks, vaccines, and social distancing. All are useful and should be available to each of us as we make personal choices about how best to safeguard our own health and the health of our family members in consultation with our personal physician. Because she is acting director, Nicholson is not subject to Senate approval and could continue serving as acting director for the rest of Governor Mike Parson's term. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. In Springfield, Illinois Public Health Director Dr. Ngaze Ezeke is stepping down effective March 14th. Ezeke calls the job the pinnacle of her career and hopes she set an example for strong women of color. I'm proud to exemplify that empathy and strength can exist in the same body and in the same breath. Governor J.B. Pritzker praises Ezekiel as an empathetic, quote, beacon of stability during the pandemic. She joined the governor at more than 160 news conferences providing analysis in English and Spanish. Assistant Director Amel Tokars will take over on an interim basis. Those changes come as officials in both states are relaxing mask mandates as the number of COVID-19 cases declines. The St. Louis region's hospitals have 235 patients with COVID, down from the peak of about 1,400 cases in January. Dr. Clay Dunnigan is with the St. Louis Metropolitan Pandemic Task Force. We've uh, discharged 148 patients in the last couple of days. Since the start of the pandemic, we have taken care of and discharged of over 41,000 patients, which is um, a reflection of the tremendous amount of work done by healthcare professionals throughout the region. St. Louis County and Illinois have already dropped their mask mandates. St. Louis's mandate will expire on Sunday. One of the largest hospital systems in the St. Louis region is announcing a plan to make the area's most vulnerable residents healthier. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports BJC Healthcare is working with local governments to address health disparities in St. Louis and North St. Louis County. 
BJC's plan has four goals, improving access to healthy foods, increasing health services in schools, improving maternal and infant health, and closing racial wealth gaps. The hospital system will work with food banks, credit unions, and school districts. BJC officials say they'll use hospital resources and employees to meet those goals. Dr. Jason Purnell is the system's vice president for community improvement. He says the hospital asked local leaders to identify pressing needs. We were intentional about making this an inclusive process and understanding that we can't improve community health without the community. The plan also calls for hospital officials to advocate for Medicaid funding for doulas and school-based health services. I'm Sarah Fentum, St. Louis Public Radio. Contracts for deed, also known as rent-to-own options, are marketed as a path to home ownership for people who do not qualify for traditional loans. But as reporter Laura Ziegler and the Midwest Newsroom's Steve Vokrot found, the contracts often leave Midwest buyers out in the cold. Sylvia Juarez is finally living in a place she can call home. It's taken 18 years for the 51-year-old from Mexico to own a home, and now she's having a great time making it her own, sewing and hanging her own mm-hmm. curtains. And see, the other one is short, but it's fine. <laughs> it was in the mid-2000s when she divorced and suddenly was in need of a house for herself and her three small children. Driving around one Sunday in northeast Kansas City, she saw a house with a sign out front, for sale by owner. She called the number and soon was meeting with Travis Overs at a local Denny's restaurant. She'd only seen the inside of the house by peering through the windows and she had some questions, but he wasn't interested in hearing them. He told me, do you want a house? I said, well, you have to see this side now because I got more people they want the house. Overs told her she'd need to sign a contract and give him an $8,000 down payment that day. She told him she wanted to get a cashier's check. But he don't want it. He want the cash. Yeah, 20s and 10s. Yes. Juarez didn't have authorization to live in the U.S. at the time, and she was worried about being turned over to the immigration authority, so she did not seek legal advice. We signed it. He gave me the key. We opened the house, cleaned the house a little bit, and we put all the stuff inside. Several months later, law enforcement officers knocked on the door with an order to evict Juarez for non-payment of rent. She was confused, thinking she'd bought the house that day at Denny's. Contracts for deed are kind of like the buy here Uh, pay here car lots of the real estate business. Lance Lowenstein is an attorney in Northeast Kansas City. He says he sees a case like Juarez's almost every week. They exist to allow people that don't have access to traditional banking, either because of their credit history or their job status. It gives them an opportunity to buy real estate. Here's how contracts for deed work. The seller is also the lender, collecting a down payment and a monthly installment, often at higher than standard interest rates. The buyer is typically responsible for taxes and insurance for all the improvements and repairs. But here's the kicker. If a buyer misses one monthly payment, whether they've been paying for three months or 23, the seller can take back the property and keep any investments made up to that point. The rent, the maintenance, improvements, all of it. Stephanie Mancini with the National Consumer Law Center says the These arrangements rarely end in the buyer owning a home. The buyer is being told they have all the duties of home ownership, but they don't get the protections of a right to foreclosure and they don't have 
a deed and they don't have the right to sell the home and realize the equity. These sometimes sketchy real estate instruments became common in the Midwest when Wall Street hedge funds swooped in after the housing crisis and bought properties in bulk out of foreclosure or from government-sponsored mortgage buyers Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. The houses were often uninhabitable and in low-income communities disproportionately made up of black and Latino people or immigrants because of the history of redlining and other discriminatory real estate practices. For Tiffany Martino, it was moving to North Platte, Nebraska from Oregon, where housing prices were much higher that got her into trouble. She was happy when she found a home for $78,000. She was grateful to find a seller who would negotiate a $1,400 down payment and $500 a month in rent. She ended up putting some $10,000 into the property and made about $30,000 in rent payments over five years. But she fell behind and says at one point she was $3,000 in arrears. Her landlord took her to court. Rather than go to trial, her attorney advised her to settle. The owner would not demand her back rent, but she walked away from the house and everything she'd put into it. It was actually pretty much of a letdown. You know, all the money I dumped in there, I don't get that either back. It pretty much devastated me, really. Contracts for deed can be useful for people without access to more traditional lending options, but consumer advocates, experts, and lawyers agree that greater regulations needed to protect vulnerable buyers from sellers out to exploit them. With Steve Vockrat of the Midwest Newsroom, I'm Laura Ziegler. The Midwest Newsroom is a partnership between NPR and member stations to provide investigative journalism and in-depth reporting with a focus on Missouri, Kansas, Iowa, and Nebraska. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Before wrapping up, the Cardinals remain hopeful regular season games at Bush Stadium will not be affected by the Major League Baseball lockout. Players and owners failed to reach a new collective bargaining agreement by yesterday's deadline, and the first few regular season games have been wiped out. The Cardinals' home opener is still slated for April 7th. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.